It wouldn't be a Father's Day, a legitimate Father's Day, if we don't open our service with dad jokes. And um, in honor of the fact that I have three boys, I'm going to give you my top three go-to Christian dad jokes. Are you guys ready? All right, the first one is this. What do you call when Batman misses church? Christian Bale. You get it? (laughs) Christian bails out on church. He misses church. Anyways, all right. Secondly, um, what kind of person was Boaz before he got married? Ruthless, because he wasn't married to Ruth yet. Boaz Boaz married Ruth. Okay, anyways, and here's the last one. Um, What's the difference between Jesus and pizza? Jesus can't be topped. Oh, anyways, (laughs) Uh, it gets worse every year with the dad jokes. But uh, would you open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, verse 21? Uh, We're taking a break from our series called Asking for a Friend just so that we could take this time and pause and really honor and appreciate all of our dads uh, with a message called Fathers of Encouragement. Fathers of Encouragement. I don't know uh, what your paradigm is of what a father should be. And I think oftentimes we only do what we know. So if you grew up in a very authoritarian uh, household, where your father was about discipline and being a dictator and um, very harsh and strict with rules, then that's what you know. Uh, if you grew up with a very um, an absentee dad that wasn't really around, or maybe you never even knew your dad, that's the kind of, and oftentimes we only do what we know. But there's a type of fatherhood which um, the Bible explains for all dads, which mandates in Colossians 3, which is also found in Ephesians chapter 6, where uh, dads and fathers are to be fathers of encouragement. That's right. Um, the primary job and role of a father is to encourage and to build up your children in the way of the Lord. So let's turn to Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. This is from the ESV version, and it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, um, fathers, man, we're often overlooked and underappreciated. I think our culture um, portrays father like Homer Simpson don't, or um, Al Bundy. You, can you tell I grew up as a 90s kid? But, uh, you know, I, I think even in, in churches, in evangelical um, Christianity, you know, Mother's Day, there's usually uh, a sense of moms, you are loved, you're awesome, you're appreciated, you're a woman of value, va- valor, we honor you. Uh, there's a whole program with special guests and flowers and a high level of appreciation for moms. But... Uh, Father's Day, not so much. It's usually, all right, dads, shape up, get your stuff together, right? And usually it opens up with, hey, good morning, welcome to church, happy Father's Day. You know who's a good, good father? Our Heavenly Father. Let's sing, I've heard, right? And 
you go to church and you're compared to the greatest father ever, which is God. And it, it kind of stinks and it's kind of unfair. But such is the responsibility of a father. Such is the, the weight and the mantle of authority that's been given to, to fathers. Our text this morning, it can be broken down into three main sections. The first is this address to fathers. If you're a single mom this morning, God bless you. More grace, more power, more love, and the peace of Jesus be with you. Like, um, we honor you, we salute you. Uh, raising children on your own. But it addresses like this parent, this parental figure. It says, Father. Second, there's this command. And the command is what? Do not provoke your children. Uh, the, the NIV in Ephesians 5 says, Don't, Do not e exasperate your children. Don't poke them. Don't initiate them to discouragement or to anger. And third, there's the purpose of the command, which says, Lest they become discouraged. Well, you see in uh, Colossians chapter 3, there is this um, code of conduct for how the household is to be functioned as, as redeemed people of God, as spirit-filled, where in verse 18 it says, Wives, submit to your husbands. Uh, verse 19, husbands, love your wives. Children, obey your parents. And then it says here, fathers, do not embitter or your children or they will become discouraged. You see, our job is not to primarily provide and be the breadwinner for our home or to bring home the bacon. Now, don't get me wrong. It is very, very important for the, head, the man of the house or the father to provide for his children. In fact, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says that if you don't provide for your own household, you have denied the faith and you are worse than an unbeliever. So providing for our family is something that fathers should do. No deadbeat, dad, deadbeat dads around here, right? But being a father is so much more than providing for your kids, putting a roof over their heads, providing food on the table, uh, giving your kids a solid education. Being a father, if you look at Colossians chapter 3, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children so that they would become discouraged. In other words, we are to parent in such a way we are to raise and rear our children in such a way that our children are not discouraged. To put it another way, we are to raise children that are encouraged. That our children should be edified. They should be built up. They should walk around with their, held, their head held high because uh, they are hopeful that they're filled with optimism because the way that they've been parented it, it, and they've been reared is that they are encouraged, not discouraged. And so here's the main point for us uh, this morning. It is this. Would you write this down? Pursue a relationship with our children that encourages them to hope in Jesus. Let me repeat that again so it's clear. 
pursue a relationship with your children that encourages them to hope in Jesus. The goal of a good father is to rear children who are not discouraged. This word discouraged means uh, it implies you're losing heart. You're being listless or spiritless, that you're disinterested, you're moody, you're sullen. You have this kind of blank um, resignation towards life. You're just kind of walking around like a Debbie Downer. Don't be that kind of father who rears that kind of person that your kids are walking around just discouraged like, woe is me. But instead, develop a style of fatherhood that produces the opposite of discouragement. And the opposite of being discouraged means that um, it is being hopeful that we're to pursue a relationship with our children, that our kids are hopeful in Jesus, that they are happy in the Lord, that they are confident and that they are courageous and that they are brave And more than confident is to have this God confidence in the Lord. So it's not just raising good kids or raising um, encouraged kids, but raise them in such a way that they grow in the Lord. Look at um, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Do you guys catch that? That instead of provoking them and instigating or exasperating them to anger, we're to bring them up, encourage them and raise them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. One of the most important irrefutable laws of leadership is this. You cannot give what you don't have. In other words, you cannot lead others to a place that you yourself have not gone. Maybe you want to give your uh, family a nice inheritance or you want to give your kids $100. If you don't have $100, you can't give it. The most important work that a father can do for the sake of his children, is to be converted. In other words, there's no more of this, uh, do what I say, don't do what I do. I'm going to drop you off at children's ministry, at children's ark. I'll drop you off to youth group, but I myself, I'm not going to follow Christ. The most important strategy for rearing children is to become a Christ follower, a new man in Christ whose hope and happiness and confidence are in God and not in himself. Remember the main point that we're to pursue a relationship with your children that encourage them to hope in Jesus. We are to live out. We are to set an example. We are to cheer on and we are to encourage our, our kids in such a way that their hope, their faith, their trust, their ambitions, their dreams would be in Jesus alone. That when our kids grow up, they would 
realize and that they would see and that they would um, experience and have it modeled in the home that the most important thing in life is not education. The most important thing in life is not job security or uh, a good paying job. The most important thing in life is not to own a home and to be financially secure and, and be financially free. The most important thing in life is to love Jesus. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and with all your strength. Every And, and, and dads, I want to encourage you, you know, you cannot give what you don't have. You yourself have to model seeking God first, His kingdom, His righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. The first thing that fathers can do to provoke their children to long-term um, encouragement and hope is to be hopeful, to be joyful, to, to find your confidence in God. Secondly, would you write this? The purpose of spiritual authority is to build people up, not tear them down. God has given you a mantle of authority. God has anointed you as a father to build up your children. And in fact, the purpose of spiritual authority is to build people up. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 10. This is why I write these things when I am absent, that when I come, I may not have to be harsh in the use of my authority. The authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. God-given spiritual authority as a husband, as a father, as a man, being the head of the household and headship over your family and over your marriage is so that you could use this God-given authority to build up your family, to build up with your words, with your example, with your life, to edify and to encourage your wife and your children. The purpose of spiritual authority is not to flex on them, right? It's not to put people in their place. It's not to display your power and authority. It's not to demonstrate how influential you are. The purpose of spiritual authority, Paul says, is to build people up. And I just want to honor my, my dad, uh, my own father, for Father's Day. I may have shared this story before, but uh, when I was a college uh, freshman, I got a job as a teller at uh, Wells Fargo Bank. And so one day uh, my parents went off to a pastor's convention in Texas and, you know, my dad, he loves uh, Mercedes-Benzes. And um, in Tagalog, uh, they call him Chiding. I don't know. But anyways, he goes, John John, we're going to go to Texas. I don't want you to touch my Chiding, okay? I'm like, okay, don't drive my Chiding. I'm like, okay, I'm not. Anyways, I had an old Jeep Cherokee that time. And my Jeep Cherokee... Uh, it was kind of overcast day. I had my headlights on and I accidentally left my headlights on and my car wouldn't start. And so uh, I needed a jump start. I didn't have AAA. 
I tried to move my car next to the Mercedes, my dad's Mercedes to jumpstart my car and it wouldn't move. And my parents didn't trust me and they took the keys with them. They didn't alarm it, they didn't arm it, but they took the keys with them. So I was able to press the button to move it in neutral and to move the car so I could jumpstart my Jeep Cherokee. Anyways, make the long story short, I, I didn't have, because I didn't have the keys, I rear-ended my dad's precious Chiding, his precious Mercedes-Benz. And we didn't have cell, they didn't have cell phones back then, and or they did, but it wasn't very popular. So I had to stew on for the next four days and how I uh, kind of wrecked, not wrecked, but just kind of slightly uh, love bumped um, my dad's car. So I was stewing it for days and I was like, dude, I'm like 19. I'm too old to get spanked. I disobeyed my parents, but it was all in good intention. And when my dad came home, he saw the, he saw his, his car and he was very upset. And he called me and his Jan Jan, come here. And uh, my dad, being the head of the home, being a pastor himself, it's like I, I realized what had happened. And instead of grounding you, I just wanted to let you know, John, that I see your hard work. I see that you're going to school full time, you're working part time, and I'm proud of you. And even though you did this thing, instead of punishing you or grounding you or making you pay for it, your mom and I, we went to a Liz Claiborne factory outlet and uh, we got you some new shirts and we got you some new ties. So you look nice as a teller. And can I just say something that just spoke volumes to the purpose of authority. That spoke volumes to the importance of gracious dealing and being merciful and being kind. You see, the purpose of spiritual authority, Paul says, and fatherhood um, is to build people up. Fathers, don't provoke your children. Don't poke at them with your words and with your sternness and with your hardness, right? But, or else they'll be discouraged. You, you don't want to raise insecure children walking around, but um, use your authority, dads, to build up your children. Let them know the importance of the gospel. Things like truth and, and grace and kindness and the fruit of the Spirit. Things that we don't deserve, but God has freely given it to us. Live that out. Use your authority to build your children up. And so we'll close uh, today with just ways um, we, and I use we, but it includes me, but we provoke our children to discouragement and anger. I'm gonna look at the flip side of the coin. Um, I know we're to encourage, but um, Paul, Paul says, hey, uh, don't raise your kids so that they'll be discouraged. So what are the things that we do that discourage or provoke our kids to anger? Here's the first one is favoritism. Favoritism. James chapter 2 verse 1 says, My brothers and sisters, 
believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. How many believers do we have in the house? If you're a believer, we must not show favoritism. It's a tale as old as time where uh, dysfunctionality and the dysfunctionality of favoritism, it's passed down from generation to generation. And it messes up whole families and the generations to come. You see, uh, starting with the father Abraham, right? Father Abraham, he favored Esau, who was out in the field, who was hairy and ruddy, and who, who loved hunting and, and gardening and farming and doing all these things. He's a man of the field. But um, Rebekah, his wife, loved Jacob. Jacob was more of a mama's boy. He liked to use his mind more instead of using his hands. He was just uh, stay at home. He was a homebody. But that because of the favoritism and the dysfunctionality, they, they, they almost killed each other. Uh, Jacob, or Esau rather, he surrendered his birthright. He was deceived. I mean, uh, from Jacob being favored, and then you have uh, Joseph. He had 11 other sons, but he had favorites. He gave one to the multicolored coat to his son, Joseph. And that caused so much dysfunctionality. That caused so much discouragement among the 11 other brothers. And so much anger and hatred that they were willing to... Uh, sell their only to sell their brother to slavery for profit that they were willing to see their their, their own father suffer because of he, he showed so much favoritism to Joseph that the other brothers they, they were willing to see their their dad depressed they were willing to see their dad suffer and and go through heartache and loss because of their own jealousy and why were they jealous because of uh, favoritism do you want to raise insecure kids do you want your your kids to be people pleasers you want your kids to not have any self-confidence and be unsure of themselves you want your kids to always seek approval from people or from their peers show favoritism choose one kid be explicit about it over another. And then you see the, the kid who's not favored. They're always going to be uh, uh, doing stuff to please you. Doing stuff to get your attention. Doing stuff to get your approval. And if they don't get it from you, they're going to get it from their peers. They're going to get it from TikTok views. They're going to get it from Instagram likes. When you love your kids equally. And here's the deal. Not only... Do you love your kids? But listen, your kids need to feel loved equally. There's a big difference. There's a big difference between to, uh, being loved and feeling loved. You know, uh, we asked our kids a couple years ago, I was like, hey, Judah, Noah, Ezra, who is mom and dad's favorite child? And they looked at each other like, 
<laughs> they started cracking up and we just had a big joke about it because they were secured. They were built up in such a way that we love them equally. We love them unconditionally. We love them that they could never do any good, do any more, and for them to love us more. That if they did bad, it doesn't mean they love us less. That our love for them was constant. Our love for them was the same. Show no partiality. Don't provoke your children to discouragement, to insecurity, to people-pleasing, to peer approval by showing favoritism. Secondly is harsh words. Look at Proverbs 15 verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, the old fallacy, sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> because words have meaning. Words carry weight. Especially tone and content. There's so many times I, I fall in this area. Like I, sometimes as as men, as fathers, we feel like we got to raise our voice and we got to demonstrate and we got to raise our tone and we have to yell for our kids to get the point. And we don't see ourselves. Um, we only see from first person, from what we see, but from the outside looking in, uh, this out of controlness and this raising of harsh words, man, it... It stirs up anger in kids. It stirs up anger in our children. It discourages them. Harsh words, you know, like, oh, why do you always do that? Oh, you're so dumb. It's like, you know, those are the things that just, uh, just cuts down. You're using your authority not to build up, but to cut down children. Um, so many times my wife Renee has to say, babe, all you got to do is just say it. You have such a, a mantle. You have authority in your words. You don't need to raise it. Just be firm. Just be secure. You don't need to uh, yell. You don't need to raise your voice. Um, but just use your words if you're going to correct. And you know what? Our correction should be so encouraging and so uplifting that you could walk away. Your kids will be walk. That you built up your kids so much that you've encouraged them that... Even though you correct them, they could walk away. It's like, oh, did I just get, did I just get uh, corrected right now? Did I just get a scolding because I didn't feel like it, you know? And, and these are the, the the words that we say, and let's not use harsh words because Proverbs says it, it stirs up uh, wrath. And lastly, a lack of presence. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verse fifteen through seventeen. Be careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because why? The days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Fathers, dads, may I encourage you, make the most of every opportunity you have with your children, especially when they're in your household, because why? The days are evil. 
make the most of every opportunity you're to be present to be present physically but to be also present emotionally for our children to be present physically and just to be there and to be around you know the US Department of Justice um, there, there's this crisis of fatherless uh, homes and the effect that it has in society in our nation um, they accounted that children from fatherless homes account for 63% of youth suicides and in terms of runaways 90% of all homeless and runaway youth are from fatherless homes um, behavioral disorders, 85% of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. Dads who are not present. Um, high school dropouts, 71% of all high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. Juvenile detention rates, 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions don't have a dad at home. Substance abuse, 75% of adolescent patients in substance abuse centers come from fatherless homes. Aggression, 75% of rapists are motivated, are motivated by displaced anger of not having a father. So all you dads out there that are around, that are loving Jesus, loving your wife, serving your family, Kudos to you. I salute you. Keep up the good work. Be encouraged. And you might not see the fruit now, but don't grow weary in doing good because in due season there is harvest. Be present, not only physically, but be present emotionally. It's so easy, you know, when your kids go to games, oh, watch this, dad, watch this. And you're just at games and you could be on your phone the whole time. Or as soon as you get home, you just want to unwind and just be mindless. But may I encourage you, be, make the most of every opportunity. Be emotionally present for your children. Be physically present for your children so that they'll be encouraged that I'm important enough that my dad would put down his phone. I'm that your children will be encouraged that I'm more important than my dad's job. Be present enough so that your kids will be encouraged that um, dad loves Jesus, he loves mommy, and he loves me. Everything else falls to a distant third and fourth place. David Jeremiah talks about a story that uh, he was um, going to see his son's uh, basketball game. And one of the church members comes in and says, like, Pastor, I really need to talk to you. Uh, my marriage is in shambles and I, I need counseling. And Pastor David Jeremiah is like, hey, uh, I'm on my way to a basketball game. And... Um, you know, I promised my son I was going to go. And the congregant said, I'm coming to you and I'm pleading, I'm asking for help for the sake of my marriage. And, and 
you're just gonna put me to the side because you're gonna go watch a basketball game, your kid's basketball game? You know, I'm a tithing member to this church. And there, David Jeremiah, I think with the insight and discernment and word of knowledge from the Lord said, hey sir, we have six other pastors that are on staff here that could counsel you with biblical wisdom, that can pray with you and can sit with you. You have six pastors, but my son only has one daddy. I'm so sorry, but I have to go watch my son play basketball. You guys, um, you know, your work, they could always find, if you're a supervisor, they could always find another supervisor. If you're a real estate agent, like <laughs> your job, they could always find another real estate agent. If you're a nurse, they could always find another nurse. But your children can't find another dad. You know, this church, people can come and go. Um, and honestly, I'm not indispensable. Like nobody is indispensable in the kingdom of God. That you guys could always find another pastor and you guys, uh, people always leave. But my children only have one dad. And I encourage you, uh, parent your way in such, parent your children in such a way that you build them, encourage them full of God confidence that their hope, their faith, their trust, their dreams would be in the person of Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, just for all the dads here. Thank you for this time, Lord, of encouragement, this time, Lord, of sharpening, this time, Lord, where your word says it's like a mirror that it reflects areas in our lives that we need Jesus, areas in our lives, Lord, where we need the gospel to be preached to ourselves. And so, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, for strength for all of the dads. I pray, Lord, for uh, grace upon grace, that when we're weak, you are strong. Lord, I ask right now that you would change our priorities, change uh, the way that we're parenting, Lord, that we just don't provide, that we, we just don't uh, um, set an example, Lord, and, and put food on the table and give education and um, all that stuff. But Lord, we would build up the next generation of passionate Christ followers, that we would encourage and edify our children, oh Lord, so that they would put their hope, their faith, their trust in you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.